Hey, what's going on, everyone? It's Kyle Henderson, Trey Yannity, Tony Sukalis. This is Monday Night Quarterback on Bama Insider. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Please hit the thumbs up. Remember to like and subscribe. We got a ton of coverage coming your way all this week. You got the SEC Championship game on Saturday, uh, and then on Wednesday, it's National Signing Day. So tons of coverage coming your way right here on BamaInsider.com. Joined by uh, Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalis tonight, Mick Gillespie on assignment. We'll catch up with him later on this week, um, actually tomorrow for the playoff show. So, I mean, it doesn't stop right here on Bama insider uh tony uh how's it going man i mean we the the beat goes on alabama now 10 and 0 um through uh sec play the first sec team to ever uh reach 10 games undefeated in a, in a regular season yeah it's been a special season look with all the, the the covid cancellations and it seems like alabama was battling just not only its opponents but the the pandemic if saban got let's not forget saban you know, have to miss a game for the for the virus. And then look, still Alabama continues to roll on through all of that. So it's a really special season. And I think when we look back, you know, it's we've been taking things kind of week by week. But when you look back and you think at the beginning of the season, A, that it got completed and B, that Alabama was was undefeated. Um, and, and it looks like they're going to be <laughs> they're on pace to, you know, to, to really have an undefeated season. I mean, nobody's really been challenging them too. So with, with the amount of ease that Alabama has gotten through this season, it, that's been really impressive, especially considering all the circumstances around the program. Here on Monday Night Quarterback with Trey Anity and Tony Sukalis. Now, everybody wants to know. They're like, uh, you know, yeah, the SEC Championship's coming up on Saturday. Uh, but Jalen Waddle, there was just some uh, footage released by Devontae Smith. Now, this isn't it. This is just a photo of De of Jalen Waddle. So don't get too excited, okay? Um, but, I mean, it, it was basically, and I can't put the footage on here because it, it it, uh, the owner is Devonte Smith on Instagram. So if you want to check it out, we post it on Twitter. Twitter is more of a wild west type place, but there's rules over here on uh, YouTube. So hypothetically, could Jalen Waddle come back um, any time of this season? Trey, kind of. I, I mean, look, you're not a doctor. I'm not asking you to be one. Um, but do you think it's realistic? I mean, he broke his ankle um, during the Tennessee game, first play of the game. We talked to Devontae Smith about that. Said he kind of felt bad, kind of asking him to, you know, come out of the end zone or whatever he said um, during that interview. But um, I mean, is is do you think there's a possibility? And then I'll ask you next, Tony. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely a possibility. Anytime you have an injury like this and you can get the surgery turned around in the way that they did, you know, there's a chance that the player could come back. It happened at a time in the season that, you know, wasn't too deep for this thing to be realistic. But, you know, at the same time, you, you have to worry about the player's safety and, and the overall health, the future of his career, because, you know, he's going to have a pretty dangerous career wherever that ends up in the NFL at the next level. Um, but, you know, thankfully, there's, there's so many people, there's so many doctors, there's so many different parts of this organization, this team that are going to make sure he's good to go. If we see him on the field, we're going to see a Jalen Waddle that's ready to go. And, you know, I can't speak for Jalen Waddle, but from what I've seen, you know, from what I've gathered from hearing interviews and just being around him in my time here, he, he's a, you know, he's a workhorse. He's the kind of guy that is doing everything it takes to get back. And, you know, don't be surprised if we see him for the playoff or for the national title. I think national title is, you know, most reasonable. If we do see him, I think it'd be a little ambitious, um, you know, for New Year's Day, but you never know. This is the kind of player that could do it, um, you know, if there was one. What do you think, Tony? Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right on a lot of things. Alabama's not going to send him out there unless he's 100%. Um, you know, for, for a multitude of reasons. First of all, this, this kid's going to be a first-round pick, probably a top 15-ish round pick. So, I mean, you know, uh, you don't want to jeopardize his career and, and rush him back too too soon the other thing is you know you want to be able to have a healthy Jalen Waddle you don't want this like half player that that's not really ready to contribute so 
but you know, knowing Jalen Waddle and, and how much he wants to get, you know, back here, Nick Saban's already talked about how much he wants to get back. Um, man, having him back on the field, this Alabama offense is already still rolling along. If you were to add him into the mix, I mean, we saw what it was like, but I think you you could make the argument that it'd be even better than it was because it's like Alabama's gotten stronger without Jalen, and then to put him back into the offense, I think you know it could be just deadly um, if he is able to to return it's also something that defenses will now have to scheme against and that's you know takes up extra time in, in game plan because he's definitely somebody you have to change your defensive scheme for so uh it's great news for alabama to see him move the way he is uh we saw him doing the squats i think last week too so it, we're starting to get more and more encouraging signs i think that's pointing in the right direction for a return but you know, like you said, Kyle, none of us are doctors and we can only kind of wait and see. It just looks encouraging at the moment. Here on Monday Night Quarterback, Mick Gillespie will be back with us uh, on Tuesday night for the college football playoff show. And then on Wednesday, uh, we'll have our national signing day coverage right here on BamInsider.com. My name is Kyle Henderson, joined by Trey Anity and Tony Sukalis uh, coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa. Alabama this evening. Uh, we're talking the potential return of Jalen Waddle. There was some uh, social social media footage uh, posted today by Devontae Smith. All it was really, and you can go back to our Twitter. And by the way, follow us on Twitter at Bama Insider. Um, that's where we post a ton of information, kind of so you can be notified when we post a story, post a video, whatever. Basically, it's Jalen Waddle in the locker room. He kind of looks to be lining up. Just They're just messing around. It's what you do in the locker room. And uh, that's what everybody is asking about. So we're, uh, you know, just kicking the ball back and forth as we do here on Monday Night Quarterback. Um, Tony, uh, I want to go back to you. Um, Christian Harris uh, was injured during the first uh, play of the game against Arkansas. What's kind of the latest? Um, I know Nick Sab Saban talked about him um, during his Monday press conference and, you know, didn't really give us a definitive answer if he's going to be uh, ready for Saturday, but kind of what's the latest? Yeah. So there's a possibility he plays. I think it's just going to come down to, you know, how he's feeling. I think the pot, like you're right. It wasn't that big of an update from Nick Saban, but I think it's very positive in the fact that we know now that this is not some serious injury where Christian Harris is going to be out for the remainder of the year or anything like that. If there's a possibility for him to play against Florida, then he'll be fine for the playoff. And I think when you look at it, it's really just going to come down to how much he can contribute. We saw Jalen Moody step in, you know, you know, pretty effortlessly in, in his uh, replacement last week. I mean, Jalen Moody led the team or tied for the team lead with seven tackles. Uh, he had a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. And look, Jalen Moody is a guy that's been a special teams warrior for Alabama for the last three years. So it's not like Alabama doesn't have options. We've talked about this whole season about, you know, the, the depth at the linebacker position. So this is a chance for Alabama to kind of show it off. I think the really important part is that Christian Harris is not, you know, seriously injured to the point where he's going to miss multiple games. Even if he was to miss this Florida game, I think Alabama could get by and then they would have him back for the playoff. That, that's what I'm hearing. All right. And uh, thanks for the super chat, Andrew. We just got done talking about Jalen Waddle. And basically it was some footage released by Devontae Smith. He's in the locker room, lines up like he's going to, you know, um, like he's basically lining up at the line of scrimmage. But we don't know if he's going to come back. Uh, we did see some footage by uh, the University of Alabama where he's um, getting some work in. So we, we've heard that he's ahead of schedule, but like you know, Trey and Tony saying we're not doctors. So we don't know an official update. And I don't think even if Alabama did 
um, have an update that they'd want to release that kind of ace in the hole. Uh, you're joining us right now on BamaInsider.com. Please hit the thumbs up, like, and subscribe. We appreciate you guys being here on Monday Night Quarterback. It's where we kind of talk about a variety of things, of course, quarterbacks, because Mac Jones has been on fire and doing his thing. But um, before we move on to the show, um, you know, just uh, east in Alabama, in Auburn, they released um, Gus Malzahn. They fired him, right? And kind of looking at potential replacements, these were some guys listed on um, Auburn Sports, our, our sister site on the Rivals.com network. I want to get your guys' kind of take on some of these guys listed. Now, I just read an update that Mario Cristobal is telling everyone in Oregon that he's staying. Makes sense. They're going to be now playing in the Pac-12 championship. I don't think he'd be wanting to tell his team, you know, I'm going to go take Auburn. So let, let's just kind of kick the ball back and forth here. Uh, we'll start with you, Tony. Um you know, what are your thoughts on on some replacements? Is there anyone else that um, you know is not added to this uh, small short list? Just that whole list that you know has seems like you know has Alabama ties to it. So it's, <laughs> I don't know how Auburn feels about that. But look at a lot of those names on the list. You know, are either current Alabama coaches or people that have been involved in the program. So um, I, I think that's a pretty. There's some. You know, I think Mario Cristobal would be a great hire. I think. Uh, Hugh Freeze would be an excellent hire. Hugh, Hugh Freeze would, I think, would be my guy if I was doing this. Um, I'm not sure if Steve Sarkeesian is going to leave from Alabama to Auburn. I, I, I don't know. I, I might be wrong. And I think if you look at Mario Cristobal, I think you can make the argument that he's got a better job. Now, I don't know about the pay, but a, a better job in Oregon where he doesn't have to compete with you know Alabama every year. I think Oregon has a chance of you know being more of a contender in the in the Pac-12 uh, right now than you know, Auburn does it in the SEC. It's no disrespect to Auburn. I'm just saying it's, it's probably a more comfortable position, maybe more stable. Uh, Billy Nebier is an interesting name on that list too, a guy that's kind of an up-and-coming coach, and that, that wouldn't be a bad uh, hire as well. I, I see Hugh Freeze as the home run here, though. I, I think that's the – if you want to, you know, if you want to scare Alabama, you know, and I'm not sure that's their <laughs> – sole purpose here but if you want to scare alabama put in the guy that's beating them in back-to-back -back games i mean that's that's somebody that like you know from an alabama perspective if i'm looking at that that's the one i'd be concerned about auburn hired what about you trey when you kind of look to this list and just like tony said i mean it, it kind of smells of alabama right <laughs> they're trying to everything that you, albert would want to do is you know and just like tony said it's not all about beating alabama but it kind of is uh what's your take on uh this kind of hot board right here and is there any other name that uh you would see uh added to this i i know of one and it's kind of in your uh, neck of the woods yeah, I mean, this is a, you know, this is a loaded list, as it should be for this Auburn position. But like Tony's saying, there's just certain guys I think that fit a little better. I think Hugh Freeze is the perfect fit if they could get him. I don't know if this is a job that Hugh Freeze takes, though, even. I, I think if I was going to pick one guy on this list right here, um, if I'm Auburn, I'm, I'm going hardest after Billy Napier. I think he would be a great hire. He had success at Clemson. He had some success at Alabama. Um, he knows how to win at this level. And, he, you know, he knew how to, to really turn around a Louisiana program that had been good, but he brought him in this year, got a win in the Big 12 over a team that's now in the top 10. Um, you know, has had some really good wins in his conference, has a chance, um, you know, to maybe be Coastal Carolina if that game will end up getting played or not. Um, but, you know, I think he would be the, the number one guy, I think, for Cristobal. Um, like Tony said, he's probably in a better position at Oregon. This is a hard conference to win in. He's had success up there. You know, they're about to play for a conference title. So I don't think it'll be Cristobal. I think on this list, we're looking at freeze if they can get him, and then Napier second. I don't think we see Sarkeesian make that, that flop from Alabama to Auburn in one year. It wouldn't be, you know, shocking. It's a great position, but I just don't think that's going to be the move. 
One guy not on the list, um, you know, you could look to Coastal Carolina here. You could you could say Chad Wells, Wells the, uh, you know, the next guy. But, um, you know, I don't know. I think it's going to be Billy Napier right now, but that could change. Hugh Freeze maybe. There's a lot of great names. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's more than due. We can talk about that in a little bit about Malzahn. But, um, you know, good to see them moving on. I think that's the right decision. Hey, really mix it up and hire Urban Meyer or uh, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> really, it. really spur into that Alabama rivalry. Yeah, you know, I, I want to see one of. I want to see Jim Harbaugh move down to Auburn. And yeah, yeah. I think one of the only names that I mean, out of all these guys on the list, none of them. I mean, besides Hugh Freeze, I don't think Sarkeesian is realistic at all. I just can't yeah. see him doing that. Um, Hugh Freeze seems to make a little bit more sense out of all these guys. That's kind of the, a name that could uh, put a little bit of fear into Alabama, just. Because you know he's he's maybe done it before uh, a couple times, um, but I think the real name that's not even listed, and I don't and I don't think it's realistic. But the name maybe a year they were a year a year off from this was Lane Kiffin. I mean, can you imagine if Lane Kiffin went to Auburn? That's that's the evil genius, right? That's the guy who can recruit at the highest level. If he went to Auburn, I mean, can you imagine the Auburn and Alabama kind of the element that he adds? Because he adds just elements and he knows how to troll. He knows how to recruit. He knows how to coach. That would be the name, right? I mean, um, so luckily uh, for Alabama fans, he's not on the name, not on the list, because I think Lane Kiffin adds so much. Um, and you're going to see him do some stuff at Ole Miss. I don't know, you know, if Ole Miss is ever going to be as good as um, they hope they're going to be, but him at Auburn, that could be dangerous. Um, moving right along right here on Monday Night Quarterback, my name is Kyle Henderson, along with Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalis. Um, now we talk about uh, kind of geared towards Alabama and Florida, which will be taking place this Saturday in Atlanta. Um, we'll have Tony uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, for that particular matchup. Dan Mullen um, commented on Mac Jones uh, during Sunday's SEC teleconference. I'm going to play that clip, and then we're going to talk about uh, that particular clip right next. Yeah, Coach, uh, you've, you've certainly been asked plenty about your guy. What do you see when you uh, look at Mac Jones? Uh, I think he's he's a guy that's, that, that uh, has had a great year, you know, uh, very similar to Kyle. I mean, does a great job managing their offense, uh, distributing the ball to all the different playmakers, uh, you know, getting them in the right plays at the right time, uh, taking what the defense gives them. All right, it's a short sample clip, but um, Tony, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I mean, sometimes Mac Jones has been referred to as a game manager. Um, you know, Ar Auburn tried to spin that, or at least Bo Nix did, and then, you know, Mac Jones came out and threw five touchdowns in the Iron Bowl. Uh, what's kind of your perception here of Mac Jones through these 10 games? I mean, he he's just had this incredible season. He continues to perform at such a high level. Uh, let's talk about Mac Jones a little bit. Yeah, first of all, Mac Jones has had a great year. Um, yeah, I think that's what Dan Mullen was saying. You know, I, I think Alabama fans are going to, uh, you know, take that comment and, and say, you know, oh, wow, it's a slight, you know, because that, that managing word gets thrown around with with Mac Jones, which is, it, first of all, that's not right. He is not a game manager. I mean, the game managers are what Alabama had, you know, in the early Saban era, where it's really just a ground and pound game. And they were only asked to do, you know, a little bit. Um Mac Jones is not that guy. Mac Jones is the guy that can beat you with a long ball. Um, he, you know, he, he's deadly accurate from from deep range, and, and he he can really spin it. You know, he's an elite eleven quarterback. Uh, he's not just some guy that's in the middle of a, a great offense. I think everyone knows that. I think that's what Dan Mullen was saying. He just had the, the misfortune of saying the word managing, which is like this no no word in Alabama's program. Because like if you look at it, right with 
was Bo Nix really disrespecting Mac Jones? He, he, he said, you know, more or less the same thing. Uh, he said that he could manage the offense and Alabama took that and ran with it. And then, you know, really just dunked on Bo Nix for the next few days. Um, I, I don't think there was any disrespect. Mac talked today, said that he didn't feel like there was any disrespect from Mullen. Uh, but that managing word, man, that, that follows Mac Jones and, and maybe it will drive him. Maybe he's just, you know, it irks him a little bit more than he's letting on. Trey, Trey, what about you? I mean, look at the numbers between these guys. Um, and, and before we start comparing these guys head to head, um, your, your take on that whole game manager, because, you know, Mac Jones has certainly, uh, in my opinion, exceeded that term. And not to say that Dan Mullen completely referenced him to that, but he did mention game manage in that kind of phrase. And, and so did Bo Nix a couple of weeks ago. So your kind of assessment on what Mac Jones brings. Yeah, I think it was a mistake by Mullen. Like Tony's saying, I think manage, you know, was just the completely wrong word in that situation. I bet if he could do it over again, he wouldn't have said that because he knows what kind of season Mac Jones is having. And, you know, I think there's the respect factor there. If you want to use it as bulletin more material, great. You know, I think that Mac, Kyle, Dan, Nick Saban, everybody involved isn't even thinking about the Heisman at this point. They're trying to win games. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of coaches around the country have – this has been the way, you know, for pretty much the history of college football since we started doing interviews, you know, since we've had TV, coaches get into this, you know, routine, rehearsed kind of speech for what they're going to say about another player that's not on their team. And I think Mullen was kind of going through that in the sense of, you know, he's really good. He's had a really good season. He does this really well. And, you know, slipped up and said manager, which, um, you know, is not the right word to say when you're talking about Mac Jones or, or anybody around Alabama, because this is, this is an offense that's so dynamic. Now this is a season, especially where Mac Jones has shown you he can beat you with the deep ball. He's been great over the middle. He's been great on the sidelines. He's, you know, his completion percentage has been insane. Um, you know, the passing yards, the TDs now, not too many interceptions. Mac Jones is having a Heisman season. Is he going to win the Heisman? I don't know. You know, we're going to have to see if Kyle Trask touchdown numbers still, you know, are enough. I think LSU on Saturday eliminated him. In a sense, we're going to see if Justin Fields, you know, if people still think the namesake and, you know, what he's done in a very limited amount of games is enough. I don't think so. I don't think Trevor Lawrence has had enough either. No fault to either of them, but they just haven't had enough time. You know, we'll see if Ian Book comes back up into conversation. He's had a great season. Um, and, you know, there's even other guys, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, that could beat out their own quarterback, Mac Jones, for this thing. But he's done what it takes to win the Heisman this year. Maybe it comes down to this this battle in Atlanta on Saturday. Maybe that's the final you know decision making factor these voters need is a is a head to head win for Mac Jones. But I think after Saturday he's the front runner, and Kyle Trask is going to have to do a lot of catching up if he even wants to go to New York at this point. Here's a uh, Mac Jones. He was talking about Kyle Trask. This is from today's um, SEC championship uh, teleconference. Here's Mac Jones talking about Kyle Trask. So Nick Saban last night said. Um, he talked about Kyle Trask and said he had a tough road coming up, kind of like you have. What do you know about his story, and do you see similarities in the patience and persistence you two showed to get to this point? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have a lot of respect for, for Kyle and for how he's handled his situation, too. And I think all that's just a personal decision to stay and um, develop personally. That's kind of how I looked at it. And, you know, eventually we both got our chance to help out our teams. And obviously, Cal has done a great job all year long and in the past year and a half, just playing great football and um, being a great player. So I definitely look up to him as a person who's one of the best quarterbacks in the nation. Are you pumped for the matchup with him? Yeah, I mean, it's a matchup against 
you know, two great teams with two great quarterbacks. And he'll probably tell you the same thing that um, it's about everybody else. It's not just about the quarterback. All right. That was uh, Mac Jones today during the SEC teleconference that uh, was held. You can watch all those interviews in their entirety back at Bama Insider or right here on our YouTube channel. Um, Tony, we'll start with you now kind of talking about, you know, between these two quarterbacks as they are up for the Heisman Trophy, um, you know, kind of going into this SEC championship. And I think it's great that these two really get to settle it out on the field. Um in Atlanta, uh, your take on both of these quarterbacks. Why don't, why don't you start on Kyle Trask and then maybe um, provide um, just a, a couple more, uh, you know, tidbits on on Mac Jones and kind of you know waiting his turn and such. But start with Kyle. Yeah. Um, look, you see the numbers with with Kyle Trask, and you see those forty touchdowns. They they really stand out. Now now Florida throws the ball a lot more. They're, they're a lot less balanced of an offense than, than Alabama is. So they really rely on Kyle Trask and he's done well. I mean, look, even in this game last week that quote unquote, you know, took him out of the Heisman race, right? He, he still had a, a great game and, and was able to, to drive them down to the, you know, to field goal range. And that could have been his Heisman moment had that kicker, you know, just a few feet inside the, the uprights, you know, that we might be talking about Kyle Trask in a different light, today but uh he's had a wonderful year um 40 touchdowns in 10 games is, is incredible um and so he's definitely worthy of the award too um i think when you compare him to mac jones uh other than the touchdowns i think they're they're really similar i mean um sure kyle has you know what it looks like 400 more yards but he also throws the ball a lot more you know mac jones leads the the nation in uh yards per attempt uh Mac Jones is, you know, completing 6% more of his passes and and then he has two less interceptions, so, but th they're pretty even. I think, you know, when it's going to come down to on Saturdays, if Mac Jones wins, um, it's going to be really hard to give, uh, if, if they're this close, it's going to be really hard to give the Heisman to a three loss guy, especially when the, the other guy he's competing against just beat him and is undefeated. What about um, what about you, Trey? When we look at these two quarterbacks kind of stacked against each other, um, just like Tony said, I mean, uh, you know, Florida throws the ball. They're one dimensional, in my opinion. We could talk about that here kind of towards the end of the show. But um, I mean, thirty seven hundred yards, 40 touchdowns. Um, start with Kyle and then talk about Mac Jones. I mean, yeah, there's just no denying the, the kind of season that Kyle Trask has had. And, you know, he's done such a good job this year of just working into all parts of that offense. Kyle Pitts is been the centerpiece, of course. You know, he scored the most touchdowns and he's come out and been electric in every single game that he's played in this season. But, you know, he's also made Tony look really good and Copeland and Grimes and some of these other guys look really good on this offense. Um, the deep ball hasn't been quite as, as you know, good as Max has been this season. But, um, you know, he, he's been throwing the ball exceptionally and they do throw it a lot more. They don't have much of a running game. They, they do have to spread it out in the air, um, which, you know, leads to those touchdown numbers. He has 13 more touchdowns than Mac Jones. But, like Tony said, I think you got to look at that that yards um, per attempt. And you can look at the stats any way you want to favor one player over the other, just depending on you know how their offenses work. But at the end of the day, they're neck and neck. These numbers are so close. I don't think you can necessarily decide a Heisman winner just based off of them. I think you have to look at the eye test. And you know, I, I do think that at the end of the day, uh, the voter that doesn't have you know take already is going to look at that SEC title game and say, they played each other and one quarterback was blatantly better than the other. You know, one defense might be better than the other as well. We'll take that into consideration. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you have a kid that's going to be undefeated if he beats Florida on Saturday, going to the college football playoff with the numbers he does. 
I think you have to give the Heisman to Mac Jones in that situation. But, you know, there's other contenders, too. Um, not just these two, but I, I do think it'll come down to this game on Saturday. We'll see what Kyle Trask has. But, you know, I overstepped a second ago. I don't think he's eliminated yet. Saturday really hurt, though. Um, if nothing else, just the decision making. You know, I think right before the half, you look at that play more than any other play. You can talk about the shoe, the missed field goal, whatever. But um, Kyle Trask should, should have eaten the football. He was getting sacked, tried to do too much, fumbled it, allowed to an LSU score that set him up and um, ended up being the difference in that game. So we're going to have to see a, a really good performance on Saturday. But he's not out of it yet. You know, both these quarterbacks are right there. Um, Mac Jones is the front runner now, though. There's no doubt about that. Here on Monday Night Quarterback, my name is Kyle Henderson, along with Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalis coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We're talking about um, the beginning of the show. We talked about potential of Jalen Waddle returning. We talked about Gus Malzahn and maybe a couple of replacements that were in our mind, at least. Now we're talking about Kyle Trask versus Mac Jones. I think when you look at these two quarterbacks, um, fabulous seasons by them both. I think, um, you know, Mac Jones going 10 and zero uh, throughout this SEC play has been fantastic. You look at one statistic that really stands out to me, and that's kind of the efficiency and how he was able to distribute the football um, against Arkansas. And I know it's against Arkansas, but just how he was able to go to so many different wide receivers, even the tight end, Miller Forsaw, I think that's a really um, admirable statistic about him. Kind of, and, and what that tells me is he's able to see the field, not just lock in on Devontae Smith, but kind of, you know, even, even a check down. Sometimes, as simple as it sounds, it's a check down, meaning, um, you know, he's aware of kind of the coverage and what is happening. It's not forcing a lot. Um, I know that there was an interception that he threw, but it was called back um, other than that only three interceptions on the season I think he's done a fantastic job and I love the story overall about Mac Jones kind of just being patient you look at uh, Tua Tungvaluwa starting for the Miami Dolphins Jalen Hurts now starting for the Philadelphia Eagles and how those guys were ahead of him and I think it kind of resonates to a lot of the players um, now that are younger on the Alabama roster right you look at a player like Jalen Moody for example guy has been here for a long time. We've kind of been waiting to see him play. Um, like Saban said, he's mostly been on special teams. I've always thought he looked pretty good. Finally gets an opportunity to come in and Christian Harris goes out and he has a great, great uh, game against Arkansas. I think he was up there uh, leading the team in entire tackles. So uh, Mac Jones, kind of the course and um, the progression since he arrived to Alabama. Um, remember, he was committed to Kentucky, then uh, decided to come to Alabama in that dynamic class of 2017. And now look at him now um, earning, a, I think, probably another degree because he, he Tony, is that right? Did he get his master's degree? Do you know? Do we know that? Uh, yeah, I believe so. He's got a he's got a master's degree now. So, uh, yeah, you know, so he really his, made yeah, Alabama. yeah, so yeah, think about it. So he's a redshirt junior. He got his uh, degree last year, his bachelor's, and then gets his master's this year. I love the story, by the way, how they played the game against Arkansas, and then they flew back, and then they graduated. Talk about a baller move, right? I mean, that's uh, pretty incredible. So I love the story about Mac Jones and, you know, love the opportunity that these guys get to really duel it out on the field. And, yes, we're going to talk about Devontae Smith here in our next segment. Um, but before in, in our Two more segments. So my next segment, I, I wanted to ask you guys about game balls uh, against Arkansas. It was a game that Alabama, you know, these guys have been such a buzzsaw running through the SEC. Um, Trey, we'll start with you. Um, game balls against Arkansas. We really have seen an emergence of this defense. Um, the offense, you know, like I just said, it's really been putting up a lot of points, but it kind of took the offense a little bit to get going against Arkansas. Um, give me a game ball for the defense and on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, this offense um, really kind of struggled at first. I'll start with the offense. It's easy to give this player a game ball every single week, but I'm going to give it to him this week because he showed us a, another dimension. Devontae Smith, the punt return 
first touchdown of the game, sets up the offense. Um, you know, you got to see him get in space. Didn't get touched on the play. Uh, returned it, um, you know, all the way to the house. Just just a beautiful run there. That alone, I think, earns it for him. But, you know, just another great game all the way around. He, he's he got to be um, my, my offensive uh, game ball. But you know what? I think I might go special teams here and go, well, Reichert drilling, uh, you know, perfect again on Saturday. Um, y- you know, just looking great. Hit, I think his long was what, like 45 or, or six? It was, you know, hit a deep one on Saturday. Just looked great all the way around. Um, they're rolling. I had to give them a shout out. It's been a few weeks. I've talked about the line. I wanted to give them some credit last week. We got that covered. So Will Reichert, man, keep it going. He's looked awesome. What do you got, Tony? Yeah, so I'll go with the two people I wrote about at the game. I, I won't switch it up. Uh, Brian Robinson's my offensive MVP. Three touchdowns, his first multi-touchdown game. Uh, I think you got to give it to him. It's, it's maybe not the sexiest pick, but uh, you know he was the guy that they you know kind of went to at the goal line after Najee Harris. Uh, also, I think we've just been seeing Brian run the ball better, and I think it's nice to see him kind of you know get this kind of game because I think he earned it, you know, Um, I I think, you know, he's been playing well and he, he, he earned that chance to have the stats behind his play. Uh, I couldn't choose on defense. I went with the whole, you know, pass rush, which is kind of a, a a cheating move, but you know, what are you going to give it to? Will Anderson had two sacks. (laughs) Kristen Barmar had two sacks. Uh, You know, Chris Allen had another sack and a, you know, a forced fumble for a second straight game. It seems like everybody was just there and this Alabama, um, this Alabama front seven, this Alabama uh, pass rush is really turning into something special. Let's also point out uh, Jalen Moody for having seven tackles, you know, filling in for Christian Harris. I mean, uh, you, you lose your top tackler and then the, the guy that comes in leads the team in tackling that that's pretty, that's pretty big. So um, kudos to him. And he's a guy, like we said before earlier in the show that, that had to wait his turn. So nice to see him do well. But yeah, my, my two MVPs I would I'd give to Brian Robinson and then the, the front seven or however you want to call it, the pass rush um, from Alabama. Talking about game balls, put your game ball inside the comment box. I wanna, I'm curious to hear from you. I, I like the picks, guys. Um, I was trying to look for a particular photo. Oh, here we go. I got this one. This is kind of a sleepy uh, pick in, in this particular situation, but we didn't even get photos of him because they never send uh, too many photos of the big boys. I have to kind of zoom in, but uh, this is Chris Owens. He came in starting for Evan Neal, who was out. By the way, Evan Neal will be back for the SEC championship. Uh, Chris Owens is a guy you know, who has been at center. He's been at uh, tackle for Alabama and did a good job. Donnie did a fine job contributing for Alabama's offense uh, during this victory. So um, this guy, you know, really stood out to me. He doesn't get a lot of love. And I kind of, you know, had my reservations about him during the beginning part of the season. But to see him kind of step up during this later part of the year, I think really adds to this depth of Alabama. So hopefully he can keep it up. Um, I love the pick by uh, – Tony on um, Jalen Moody. That's a fine pick. I think Christian Barmore for me, um, Christian Barmore is a guy we've talked about so many times right here on Bama Insider, and I've always been a fan of him. I I thought he might contribute more last year uh, during 2019, but to really see him and kind of his emergence over not only against Arkansas, but I think towards the later part of this season, he's really been a guy and a catalyst for this pass rush. Look, Alabama had um, 
eight sacks against Arkansas. They had five against LSU. Um, it, it's it's great. I mean, to see where this defensive pass rush is, and I think that's going to play a key role against Florida, right? Getting heat on the quarterback um, will play a big role because I think the secondary as well. Um, these guys have been doing a good job. Patrick Sertan, Josh Job, Malachi Moore, Jordan Battle, Daniel Wright, Demarco Helms. Um, so if the pass rush can continue against Florida and and forward, I mean, you look to the playoffs and even beyond that. Um, the pass rush certainly going to play a big role in that. And I also want to give credit to Pete Golding. I mean, Pete Golding is a guy who is, in my opinion, kind of uses a scapegoat, right? Anything goes wrong in Alabama, blame Pete Golding. Well, you don't really hear too much of that now. And uh, Nick Saban recently said that Pete Golding um, has done a fine job with Alabama's defense, especially towards those late, um, you know, I don't know, since the, since the halftime of the Georgia game. We keep pointing back to that stat. Um, because something happened. They kind of transitioned, and uh, now you see this Alabama defense uh, really playing championship-style defense. Um, okay, next I want to talk about uh, Devontae Smith and um, kind of just the the um, incredible season that he's been having. Uh, Tony, uh, let's start with you on uh, Devontae Smith and um, kind of just the season that, that he's been having overall because this guy um, has been pretty much marvelous uh, today. We got a chance to hear him speak. Um, we'll play a soundbite of him in just a second. But kind of what's your take overall about Devontae Smith and, and just the work that he puts in and, and the um, the type of per player he is as well um, or the, the type of person because I, I think he's so humble and um, it's, re it's really great to see uh, greatness, what we're seeing from Devontae. So you guys know how high I've been on Mac Jones all season. And so when I say this, you know that it means something. When you look at this Alabama team and in the, 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 college football in general, to me, Devontae Smith's the best player. To me, that's where the Heisman should go. You know, if it wasn't just a quarterback awards, take out, you know, all the hidden rules that you need from a Heisman. To me, it goes to Devontae Smith because when I watch an Alabama game and they need to make a play, it goes to Devontae Smith. Even this past game, when Arkansas took him out of the game offensively, you know, with, with that zone coverage, um, Alabama's offense wasn't going. He gets a return on special teams and then Alabama catches fire. You know, just he's that guy that starts everything for Alabama. He's a leader. He's a just he's just a hardworking kid. And I, we, we say that about a lot of these guys. But really, Devontae Smith just shows it. You know, I've talked to so many people and you, you talk to him, too. And he's just a guy that just eats, sleeps and, and breathes football. He, he wakes up and just wants to go. He, he doesn't have I wouldn't be surprised if Devontae Smith is a totally boring guy to be around. You know, and I think I say that in a good way. He's a guy that only cares right now about playing football. Um, and, I, you know, he, he's not the best quote to talk to because he's not going to ever say anything. He's going to be humble. You know, you, you ask him if he's the best and he just says he wants to go and work. And, you know, I believe it from him because that's that's all he does. He's a perfectionist and he just wants to go out there and get better and better. And he's been doing that this season. So I think he's the best player in college football. And I think he's deserving of the Heisman. All right. Let me play this clip before I go to you, Trey. Uh, Tony asked him this question actually earlier today on that punt return. Devontae, uh, did, did you talk with Jalen Waddle after that punt return? And uh, what, what did he have to say about it if he did? Uh, he was just like, that's dirty. He was like, I ain't going to bring up the conversation, but. He was just like, he's dirty. All right, short and sweet, right from Devontae Smith. All right, um, Trey, uh, your take on this young man, and um, do you think he has a shot to uh, bring home uh, the Heisman Trophy? I mean, the last wide receiver actually nominated for the award, I think, dates back to 2014, which was uh, Mari Cooper, what played at Alabama, had 20, 
Um, I think he had 124 receptions that season, but 16 touchdowns. And Devontae Smith, what he's been doing, um, he has a rushing touchdown. He has a punt return. Um, he has 15 uh, receiving touchdowns. I mean, so now 17 overall touchdowns. Uh, give me your take on this young man, and do you think he can bring home the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about Amari Cooper that season. Devontae's numbers are right there, and he's had less games to do it. Um, you know, and this is this is so cool, I think, for this season because coming into this year, you know, we heard so much about Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and, you know, even Jalen Waddell. Um, and we didn't hear as much about Devontae Smith, you know, in comparison to the other receivers. And and now it's his team. He, he's always been so steady. So many different tools, the hands, the speed, the agility, just everything about this player is unbelievable. And every about Devontae Smith as a person is unbelievable. That's that's the cool thing about this team is at the top. And this is most Alabama teams, just with the way the culture is in the program. But, you know, you have Najee Smith, Mac Jones and Devontae Smith, uh, Najee Harris, excuse me, three of the most humble guys that, that you're going to meet um, leading this team. And, you know, to speak more about Devontae, you just you see the guy with an unbelievable GPA, always succeeding, getting a degree as well. Um, and just, you know, football robot at all times. Um, I, I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. It's very unfortunate to say. I, I feel like it's just it's so hard to win it as a wide receiver in, in 2020, especially. Um, it's just it's nearly impossible. I think he deserves it. I think if the Heisman Trophy was truly an award for the most valuable player or the best player in college football, there's just no question. Look at what he's done. Look at what he's meant to his team. Um, but I, I don't think he's going to win it, unfortunately, just because that's not how this award works. And in a shortened season, especially, it takes a little bit of time to, you know, for a receiver's name, um, you know, to really get consideration amongst voters. He's, you know, his name has been in their head for quite some time, but I just don't think, um, you know, he's going to be able to get to New York, which is so sad because he deserves this Heisman more than anybody in the country. Tony, what's a what's the latest uh, Heisman? I, I think it's uh, Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, then Devontae Smith. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Um, I don't know. I know Devontae's at 17 to 2, I believe. Um, but it, look, I, I think, you know, you can look at those odds, but I, I think there's been some buzz around Devontae, and I wouldn't be surprised if he has a big game against Florida um, that, you know, he could probably make that late push. Um, you know, if since we're on the topic, you know, another another guy you got to watch out for probably is Najee Harris, especially when you look at how bad Florida's run defense is. But, you know, so that he's kind of a dark horse we're not talking about. But look, 2020 has been such a weird year that I, I don't know. I, I kind of think that Devontae might do it. Uh, you know, I think he probably needs probably like 150 yards and multiple touchdowns against Florida. But who's to say he can't do that? Uh, Florida has a pretty middle of the road. I think they're sixth in the SEC in, in, in pass defense. So it's it's not like he's going against the secondary that's, you know, this this elite secondary that's going to shut him down. I mean, so he's not going against a bad secondary either, but, you know, he's he's played well against better secondaries. So um, I don't know, man. I, I'm not betting against him. And I think that, that uh, kick return was almost the sign. You know what I'm saying? It, that was a, kind of a Heisman moment. It's hard to have a Heisman moment for an 11 o'clock kick against a three-win Arkansas team. But I think that was kind of a prove that he's 
you know, more than just catching the ball. And I think when you look at receivers, they, they needs to be something else that they do during the season. And that was his moment to do that. It would be so weird too, if he won, because Alabama would have three Heisman's and none of them would be quarterbacks, which, you know, it's such a quarterback award <laughs> that that's just kind of a strange thing. Uh, I don't know if it's a good thing. I think it's a good thing for Alabama. I think they can sell like, Hey, you know, not just quarterbacks, you know, if, if you want to be a skill player and win the Heisman, you can do it here. But um, that would be interesting if he won it. Uh, and Alabama has, you know, three that are, that are not quarterbacks. All right. So the, the way I, I, I you're going to hear a screenshot in, in two seconds. Okay. So don't be alarmed. I'm not screenshotting you guys. Okay. I, I, because I, I want to bring up uh, these dates for the Heisman trophy. And then I, I want to kind of give my assessment on, uh, on the Heisman. And, and I'm kind of with Tony is I, I do like Devonte Smith's opportunity because of this right here. And this is from um, the Heisman Heisman.com. Okay. So key dates, December 14th, Heisman ballots are distributed. Uh, December 21st, first Heisman voting deadline. The 24th is the finalist, right? Announcement that'll be on ESPN. And then the fifth is a virtual Heisman ceremony. So if I'm looking at this correctly, Devontae Smith will get two more, all these guys, I mean, or at least Mac Jones and Devontae Smith will get two more opportunities, right? Because they'll play this game uh, this Saturday in the SEC championship. And then they'll also play a playoff game on the first Right. So and, and I think that, you know, Devontae Smith is able to have, you know, some some great games, which I think he's going to against Florida, against um, whoever they play in the playoffs. I'm highly confident they make the playoffs. Then he'll have that opportunity to stand. Uh, it, it's going to be a virtual podium, however they do it. But I, I think then Devontae Smith will certainly have an opportunity uh, to win that Heisman Trophy Award. And yeah, I mean, it's um it is interesting that there hasn't been a quarterback to win the award from Alabama. Certainly one's going to be up for the award this year, but uh, Devontae Smith, I mean, this, this season that he's putting together memorable. Yeah. Before you get started, um, he, Devontae will only have really one game because that, that if you look at that voting ends on December 21st, but that, that game against Florida is such a spotlight game that oh. you're right about that. He'll have that opportunity and that's going to be, you look, the, the Heisman ballots are distributed. Um, you know, it's right there. I, it's it's going to be hard for for voters to not take that game into consideration. And I think that you're going to have a lot of eyeballs on that game. So um, if he's the star from that game, I think it's relatively close enough, like you said, Kyle, that he could he could come away with it. Yes. Yeah, so th thanks for pointing that out. And before we get to you, Trey, so the deadline is the 21st. So that's my mistake. So he'll get uh, just that one game against Florida and then um, and then we'll figure out what happens. Well, go ahead, Trey. Yeah, I mean, even to add to that, Tony, um, since it is only that game, you know that it's really going to be he's going to be at the head of the receiving court either way, since, you know, Jalen Waddle can't be back um, until the, the first playoff game at best. So, you know, he's going to get the opportunity. Like you said, this is a big spotlight game. Um, he's, you know, he's really going to have the chance in this one. But it's just about if people, I feel like, you know, are they going to make that decision? Will I vote for a receiver this year in the Heisman? I think he's done enough. I think he's certainly done enough. And, and like you said, that punt return added another element. It's not just pass catching anymore, you know, super long touchdowns that he's had throughout the season. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I wonder, you know, if he if he gets to New York, how the chances shift. I wonder what that, that locker room is going to be like between him and Mac if, you know, two players from the same school – end up going to, to virtual New York this year, I guess. Um, you know, that'd be, that'd be an interesting, uh, interesting conversation between the two. 
All right. The virtual uh, Apple. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Virtual Apple. All right. As we move to our uh, final segment right here on Monday Night Quarterback on Bama Insider, my name is Kyle Henderson along with Trey Yanity and Tony Sukalis. Uh, Mick Gillespie will be back uh, tomorrow night as we have our college football playoff show. And then we'll also have Andrew Bone um, as we gear up for signing day, which will be on uh, this Wednesday. Tons of guys coming into Alabama expected to sign uh, maybe 22, 23 guys. So we're going to have tons of coverage uh, back on Bama Insider. Um, Trey, let's start with you. Alabama versus Florida in the SEC championship. Um, I mean, this last loss against LSU kind of dampened it a little bit for me, right? There was the whole shoe incident. Um, you know, then LSU goes and kicks a field goal to to win the game. And then Florida has an opportunity. They miss field goal. Um uh, what do you what do you think about this matchup? And I I know Florida's going to be there. I mean they got guys, but um, kind of break down break down this matchup for me. Yeah, you know it definitely changes things, changes everything with what happened on Saturday against LSU. It changes the gambling lines. You know it changes the way you feel about this game because coming into it, you thought you know this is a Florida team with one loss that they probably shouldn't have lost. This is a team that is very explosive on offense and, you know, has all these playmakers. And now they've lost to LSU, and I don't think anything changes. I think you still have to look at this Florida team as a team, um, you know, with the best tight end in the country, um, so versatile, you know, the way they run their offense through him and through these receivers. Not a great run game um, and not a great defense. I think you got to ride the over if you're gambling on this one. Um, but, you know, this game is, is going to have some explosive plays. This is going to be a really fun game to watch because we're going to see the offenses go back and forth. Both like to work pretty fast. Um, you know, you're going to see Alabama get down the field a little bit quicker. Um, and, you know, I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. This is this is the game where you really watch Bama's defense. Can they hang with an elite offense? If they come into this game and put pressure on the quarterback, make Trask look dumb, you know, make this offense just look not good as a whole, I think you get really, really confident about Alabama's chances to walk away um, you know, with the whole thing at the end of the year, I think you feel good already. But if the defense comes out and makes a statement in this one, who's going to beat Alabama? This is an elite offense they're playing against. On the other side of that coin, you know, if they struggle a little bit in the first half, like they have in, you know, some of these weeks past, like they did, like they did against LSU a little bit, this one could be a game deep into the second half. This is a really talented Florida team. Um, you know, Alabama, I think, is now starting to write off this game, the fan base, at least in a sense, after what happened on Saturday. But I don't think you can do that. You can't buy into the rat poison. This is a good Florida team, and they're going to give Alabama a challenge on Saturday. What about you, Tony? Yeah, I think Florida's going to get their points. Uh, you know, they're not going to, it's not like Alabama's going sh to shut them down like they did Arkansas, but I, I don't see Florida being able to stop Alabama's offense. I mean, look, look who won the SEC player of the week is, you know, Max Johnson, a, a freshman. Uh, from LSU on a depleted LSU offense without pretty much any of its playmakers. Uh, and he wins, you know, offensive player of the week. He goes into Florida and does that. Um, what do you think Alabama's offense is going to do to that Florida defense? I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to stop Najee Harris. I don't think they're really going to be able to stop uh, Devontae Smith. And if they try to overstop him, I think, you know, Mack will just find someone else like he did against Arkansas. I think it's going to be, I think Florida will get its points. Um, I'm, this is not meant to disrespect Florida or anything, but I think it's going to be something like, you know, 40, 45 to 24, 42 to 24, something like that, where it's, you know, Alabama is going to get, just going to crush them on, on, on offense. And, and it might be close, but I think it's one of those things where Alabama's defense will get it stopped. And I don't think Florida will. 
talking about uh, Alabama versus Florida in the SEC championship. My name is Kyle Henderson. I'm along with uh, Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalas on Bama Insider. This is Monday Night Quarterback. Mick Gillespie will be back with us on Tuesday night as we talk about the college football playoffs. Um, talking about this Alabama versus Florida matchup. Tony, I'm going to go back to you. Um, Florida, do, do they still have something to play for at this point? Is, is it just about ruining Alabama's season in, in this aspect? I mean, and if they beat Alabama, are they back in this playoff discussion? Probably so, right? It's going to be tough for them to make the playoff, but like, let's look. Like, if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Florida beats Alabama, you know, Florida would get in over uh, over Clemson. And it, it, look, it'd be interesting to see how it's going to work with what a two loss Florida get in over a. You know, in A and M, I don't know, uh, but you know, I think Florida needs some things to happen, but they're not technically out of it. Uh, but I think more importantly, um, it, it's just it's a, it's a championship game, it's a ring game. You know, I mean, Florida can end its season as the SEC champions, and that that means something. You know, I think you know that's something that you can tell your grandkids about, and it, and it really means something. It's not even like winning one of these bowl games. That's you know because it's not in the playoff, no one will care about like people care about the SEC champions. They'll be the defending SEC champions next year. If they win that, that means a big thing. It's, it's not even just beating Alabama. It's, it's a SEC championship game. Um, so yeah, I, I do think there's something to play for. And, you know, maybe I don't, I don't know the pulse of this Florida team, but maybe they, you know, go into this matchup looking to kind of with a chip on their shoulder, trying to prove that, Hey, you know, there's no way we should have lost to LSU. Right. Um, let, let me ask you this as we kind of look at the, you know, the ACC championship that will be taking place on Saturday as well. Uh, Notre Dame versus Clemson in a rematch in a game that Notre Dame beat Clemson in double overtime. Um, you think Notre Dame beats Clemson or are you kind of feeling that the Tigers come back with Trevor Lawrence now healthy and, and they beat the undefeated Notre Dame fighting Irish? Yeah, you know, this is going to be a great game. And it's unfortunate because we were going to have this game, you know, in the in the four o'clock time slot and the Alabama game in the night nighttime slot, you know, with a whole lot of implications. Not as much now that Florida's lost to LSU, but um, this one to lead it off is going to be a great game on Saturday. I think it's going to be neck and neck again, um, but, but I think Clemson's going to be too much. You have Trevor Lawrence this time. Clemson was missing five starters on defense and a key guy off the bench um, defensively. So they're going to be they're going to be reloaded. They're not going to let Notre Dame score 48 points or, you know, whatever it was last time. I think they limit their offense a whole lot more. Ian Book, though, has come a long way since the start of this season. His receiving core has as well. They've looked a lot better. Their defense still looks really good. So they're going to test Clemson. You know, this is going to be a battle. The stakes couldn't be higher. You know, this is for your conference championship. Um, this is for a playoff spot. This is Clemson's season right here. I think Notre Dame's good either way. Uh, but you know, this is this is it. This is this is a chance for Trevor Lawrence to end his career going to the playoff and really leave a legacy, or you know, maybe leave people with a bit of a sour taste, saying you know he had all this potential. He was supposed to be the Heisman winner. We were supposed to win the national championship with him again, and we didn't. And, and you know, he let him down. So it would be unfortunate if you know a COVID game that he didn't even play in set them up for failure in this one, but I don't think it will. I, I think Clemson's going to come out, look a lot better defensively. I don't think we're going to see Travis Etienne give away the football deep in his own territory again. And, um, you know, I just don't think Clemson makes some of the boneheaded mistakes they made the first time around. Neutral site in this one as well, um, not up in South Bend. So everything will be different. I think Clemson gets the win. Um, and I think both make the playoff. Hey, Tony, let me go to you um, kind of as we get to the end of our show. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, this guy's back. This guy's a winner. Um, he's beaten Alabama before. Took We were both out in uh, Santa Clara um, a, a season ago or whatever that was uh, when 
uh, Clemson had uh, pretty much imposed their will on Alabama. Is this the only team? No, well, first thing, do you have Clemson beating Notre Dame? I figure you do. I do, and I I would probably even have them winning without Trevor Lawrence. I'm one of these people that, you know, I think – I'm not trying to diss Trevor Lawrence. I just think that this Clemson team is better than the Notre Dame team, and they really should have won in Notre Dame, even with uh, DJ Uyunga-Gale. I just wanted to challenge myself and say that <laughs> one more time. Yeah, but anyways, um, yeah, I think uh, this Clemson team is probably the only team in, in the nation that can beat Alabama. I agree with that. Um, I think now to beat Alabama, they'll they'll need Trevor Lawrence. Um, but yeah, this is a great Clemson team and it's a great Alabama team. And, and personally, even though we've seen this matchup like 80,000 times, I think that's the one matchup I want to see at the end of the season, just because those are the two best teams and I want to see them go at it. But, but yeah, I think that uh, if, you know, if Notre Dame wins tomorrow, go ahead and give Alabama the title. Cause I don't think there's anybody that can compete with them. Here on uh, Monday Night Quarterback, my name is Kyle Henderson, along with Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalis. I, I think, you know, the only team, to be honest, and I, I'm on those similar lines. I mean, we've seen it before. I think the only team to challenge Alabama this year is simply Clemson. I, I don't think it's, uh, you know, and I, I'm going to finish the show off with talking about Ohio State, uh, but you got Clemson. I, I think that they're going to be a great matchup for Alabama should those two teams meet just because they have history. Trevor Lawrence, quality quarterback, quality running back. Um, they have a very good uh defensive coordinator and Brett Venables, who's, you know, who will be a, a good matchup for Steve Sarkeesian. Can't wait to see if these two teams do match up. And, and I full, I'm fully confident that Clemson beats Notre Dame um, in this uh, ACC championship game. But when we kind of uh, look to the college football playoffs, and we'll talk about that much more tomorrow night on our playoff show, um, kind of ending the show um, with Ohio State and kind of the discussion about them. These guys have played five games right now. They'll play their sixth uh, against Northwestern uh, in the Big Ten Championship trade. Do you think these guys deserve a spot at the round table for the playoffs should they win the Big Ten Championship? This is hard. You know, this is a weird year. And I think that's the one thing you have to keep in mind when you talk about Ohio State. We want this to be a cookie-cutter playoff. We want it to be a regular year. You know, we want it to be – um, you know, easier. And it's not when you have a situation like this with a team that's only played X amount of games. It's only going to be able to play, what, five, six games when it's all said and done. You know, they could win a national title with eight wins total, playoff, national title included. It's hard. Um, but, you know, I, I think Saturday made it a lot easier. I think Florida losing to LSU is, is pretty much eliminated them. It, it would be a hard conversation to say, Two loss Florida over an undefeated Ohio State team, even if they beat Alabama. Um, so, you know, I think that makes the committee's life so much easier. But still, you know, you look at a Cincinnati team that's going to be undefeated. Um, you know, even a Coastal Carolina team that's that's snuck up here now. And Iowa State has creeped their way back in. They have two losses themselves. And, you know, this is a weird one. This is a little bit unorthodox, but um, Southern California ha has an argument at this thing. They're undefeated. They're going to have a chance to win their conference championship and be undefeated and be pretty much in the same spot as Ohio State with a couple more wins. So, um, you know, it's hard. They have the best team, not necessarily the best team, but they have one of the best teams on paper. They passed the eye test. They've struggled at times, looked, you know, lackluster against Indiana, Justin Fields at least. But I think when it all comes down to it, they're going to say Ohio State makes us a lot of money. Got to keep the Buckeyes in. It's a little bit more clear now without Florida. So I think they make it, but I think that's just a product of how weird this year is, and they're going to make an exception for them. What about you, Tony? What's your uh, thoughts as we uh, kind of close out the show on Ohio State? I mean, now that Florida lost, I, I think if Florida had beaten LSU and then and then Florida and um, 
Clemson had one. I think that those were your four teams, Florida, you know, Alabama, Clemson, and, and Notre Dame. But now that Florida's out of there, I, I really don't see a way unless Ohio State loses to Northwestern. I, I don't see a way that they don't make the playoff. Um, and, and they're going to beat Northwestern. Let, let's be honest there. Uh, so I, I would say that uh, I, I think that Ohio State's the next biggest competition, you know, um, I think that they have a better team than, than Notre Dame. I, you know, if I was an Alabama fan, I'd be more scared of Ohio State than I would be of, of Notre Dame. But that being said, I, I don't think that they're quite at that Alabama-Clemson level. I think they're the, just a notch below. Um, so, and, and I think that you know, not playing games could, you know, I think being battle-tested, especially when it comes to the playoff, that means something. I mean, Ohio State hasn't played anyone. Uh, so, And they're not – I mean, no offense to Northwestern or offense to Northwestern if they want to take it. Uh, I, I don't think that they're a great team either. So I, Ohio State's going into the, you know, into the playoff having played no one. I don't think that really is going to help them out. Yeah, I, I think when you kind of look at Ohio State, I mean, they just don't have the resume to get into the playoffs. But, you know, it's not like Trey said, it's all about uh, money and you, and you want those matchups because Ohio State, you see them on TV, you want to watch them, right? You want to watch them win or you want to watch them lose, kind of similar thing with Alabama. That's why they're always playing in the evening time. That's why it was so weird for me to watch Alabama play at 11 a.m. I was like kind of like completely thrown off. I had a, you know, somewhat of a free Saturday night. It was uh, interesting to kind of live that 11 a.m. lifestyle. Um, but I guess we'll see, you know, and, uh, just like Trey said, USC also in the mix. And that was my biggest fear was some team from the PAC 12 would kind of run into this matchup and be like, Hey, like, don't forget about us. Can you imagine if Alabama and USC end up having that game because they're originally supposed to be playing and then the PAC 12 opted out. And then if, the, if, if somehow USC lands at that four spot and then Alabama and USC play, um, I don't know, that would be bad. I USC think that's going to they're but, gonna have to jump a lot of teams to get there, right? What? What? I, I don't remember what USC is ranked, but they're not. No, but, but it, like in the latest uh, ESPN All State Playoff Predictor, they're like climbing the rankings, and I'm like, how really? these? Like, where? Where are these guys? Like, how? You know? So, um, I really hope that they don't even get a look. I hope that, um, you know, the, the clearly the best four teams are in there. I I just hope that you know, and I don't want to see Alabama versus Clemson again. We've seen that. Um, tons of times but those are the best two teams in my opinion so i want to see the best two teams play for the championship game if if somehow uh usc makes the playoffs they're gonna i don't know what the largest i uh, probably should because it probably belongs to alabama i don't know what the largest playoff victory is but it'll be that game i just i mean <laughs> you talk about teams like i've been i've been throwing some teams under the bus there's <laughs> they're not even in the same class I've, take cincinnati i'm, I'm serious like <laughs> Yeah, beat Southern Cal. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't know. I mean, this this USC team needed a miracle comeback to beat uh, UCLA. I, I just think that this USC team will be totally crushed by anyone. I mean, hell, if they played Notre Dame, they'd be crushed. I, I you know, I mean, I, I would expect them to be two or three touchdowns worse than any other any of the playoff teams if they do make it. Trey's uh Trey thinks uh USC would beat Cincinnati. Is that right? I, I just I think in that matchup, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm a I'm a power five guy. I, I need to dabble a little bit more in the group of five, you know. I, I'll admit that, but I just think in that matchup, you got a team with the you know good offense, their defenses look shaky against a Cincinnati team that just hasn't proved it. If we're gonna, you know, even bring them into this discussion, I think they've been eliminated. It's unfortunate because they've had an awesome season. 
Um, but, you know, they really didn't get the chance to prove it. And I think that's the word, the chance. They didn't have the opportunity to play teams uh, that, that would have gotten them those wins to get them into the playoffs. So it's unfortunate for that program because they've they've come a long way. Um, they've, they've looked great for a few years now and have really gotten the attention this season. So awesome to see it for Cincinnati, but they have no chance in this playoff. And, and I do think the, the Trojans get out of there with a win if they were to play each other. But that's a discussion for a different day. All right. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much for watching tonight on Monday Night Quarterback. My name is Kyle Henderson, along with Trey Yannity and Tony Sukalis. You can catch all our coverage back at Bama Insider. Remember, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter to get those notifications. Just Bama Insider everywhere you look. And uh, we'll be back on uh, tomorrow night with uh, another uh, video talking about the playoffs. Also getting um, some last minute thoughts from Andrew Bone regarding signing day. And then on Wednesday, Make sure you have those notifications turned on as we have blowout coverage coming your way on National Signing Day. I hope you have a great uh, rest of your evening, and we'll catch up with you soon back at BamaInsider.com. Thank you very much for watching tonight.